I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello, everyone. If you have a massive hankering to watch this film and you don't want any spoilers, then don't bloody listen to this podcast because it's full of bloody spoilers. So many spoilers. But come back and listen to it afterwards because we need the listens. Thank you. Peace. I hate the word. I don't. I don't. What? I don't. What leg is in a pocket of chicken? Did I put a little cornstarch on my werewolf, man? Luigi Mario. Hello and welcome to Mission Zach's Leguizama Rama. This is a podcast where each week my mate Zach uh, joins me in having a big chat about something John Leguizamo has been in. Uh, you guys know the drill by now. If this is the first episode that you're listening to, don't, why? Don't. Not this one. Not this one. This isn't a good one to start on. Um, Miami Vice, they're yeah, fun. Yeah, they're fun. Even go back mm. to the start. Like, you know, we're finding our feet and it's it's over Zoom. So, you know, everyone was finding their feet over Zoom. But I think just go back to the start. It was yeah, kind of I would fun say Super Mario Brothers, that's fun, isn't it? Yeah, fun. you know, it's... Um, Anyway, I'm Mish. My name is Mish Wittrop. Um, you might know me from, oh, rediscovering an old love. Oh, wow. And I'll talk about that in a minute. Oh, wow. um, and oh. I'm joined, as always, uh, by my very best friend, Mr. Zachary Ruwain, who you probably haven't heard of, but you might know him from... You might know him from Mission Zach's Leguizama Rama, a vanity project where two people waste considerable hours of their week watching someone else's au revoir rather than building their own. <laughs> I thought of that yeah. one in advance. It's the first time I've ever done one in advance. Oh, my God. Zach. Thank you. I'm so, and you've had such a busy few weeks. I'm so proud of you Thank that you, you so much. Wait finally you, th- thought about this. Just wait till the intro. It's um, and not good. <laughs> the blurb. The blurb. Oh. Yeah, we've had a lot of people come out, and, uh, and by a lot I mean one, one who created person. a very funny meme. Uh, um, this everyone's is how... very. Oh, sorry, go. Everyone's very scared um, when it's your turn to do the blurb. Petrified, even. This is uh, um, because just... I am a professional and you are a schlub. Just so you know, this is how Mish um, processes her anger. You know, there's there's three kinds of ways to process anger. I'm learning through therapy at the moment. One is aggression, and that's the ugly form we know and we see in in a lot of men. There's um, there's passive aggression or passiveness and that's where you express your aggression passively as though it's passive um but i've discovered through mish there's a third way um the way to communicate that 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 you have a problem with someone's blurbs is by showing them funny memes just yeah. <laughs> just sort of going yeah. hey i've got a funny meme to show you that a oh, fan Z- sent in zach zach look look at look at this meme isn't it funny isn't uh, it funny how it says that you s- that you put no effort into these blurbs? Yeah. Isn't that funny? Yeah. And I go, yeah. oh, yeah. Um, and then I, and then I, oh, boy, the amount of effort I've put into this blurb. Since you've shown me that meme, I tell you mm. what. Actually, I, I, I will talk about the blurb um, when we get to it because there's a very, I actually want to talk about, I just thought of this. Usually I find other blurbs as reference points to sort of see how, how other people, because I hate distilling stories. I'm really not good at that. Um, yeah, neither. And the Google blurb, the blurb that's on Google uh, is quite funny in how it doesn't quite get the film. It's, it's quite a funny blurb. So I'm going to talk to that maybe before my blurb or after my blurb. I'll be honest, though, I also didn't quite get this film, but we will get to that. <laughs> um, I want to talk about my old love that I've read. Let's not just leave that. I, fucking sitting. hell, that was real, yeah. like, real good. That was real podcast. Have you been listening to a podcast? No. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> not at all. Because that's, like, um, that's, that's the first and only proper podcast thing we've ever done that little coming up in the podcast we're going to be talking about this but anyway let's get oh back my to God, the intro Zach, 
I did a coming up in the podcast and you thought about what you were going to say when introducing yourself. We're growing. We're growing. We're evolving. We're becoming so much better at this. Um, Watch out, Joe Rogan. Yeah, watch out, Joe Rogan, because I, I am. Mission Zaka coming to get you. Um, no, I have. I've rediscovered an old love, and it's a love I have discussed previously on um, our both of our podcasts, recaps with Mission Zach as well as Leguizamo Rama. But um, it has been a very long time since I have sat down and binge watched Survivor. Oh, the American, the American survivor. They have like 39 seasons now to a year. And I reckon I, I love that show, but I reckon I've only watched maybe 14. Yeah. And I've just rediscovered it at the end of lockdown. Mind you, Mm. like we are no longer in not lockdown in Melbourne at the moment. Um, we are free to live our lives how we please. And we don't have to sit in front of a television for entertainment anymore as we have so many more options. And at that moment, when we finally have a level of freedom, I choose to sit in front of my television for six more weeks and binge watch another 25 seasons of American Survivor. Here's what I'm going to say. Because holy shit, no, Zach, that show. Zach. No, no, Zach, no, shut up. Well, you gave me a really good prompt to talk about people sitting in front of the TV, but let's talk about Survivor. No, I just want to say that it is a it is a phenomenal show. It 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 has yet to lose its spark, <laughs> and I, like I I love it. I think it is like one. It's a perfect mix of mindless bullshit entertainment and genuinely fascinating. It's um. I think. I, do you remember? Of all the people I know, you're the one that's going to remember this. So fingers yes. crossed. <laughs> Do you remember the um, the show? Uh, Please say like them all. Castaway, or like there was a show that came out about six months before before Survivor, right? Hmm. And it was a British show, and it was about people abandoned on an island for three months and the whole concept was they were on an island for three months and they had to build their own society they had to build their own like camps and stuff and I think another channel got it do you remember this show no so it was basically this British concept and they were like plugging it they were like this is reality there's no actors this is real. It's real people living on an island, abandoned on an island, and they have to survive. And it was this whole so like concept. kind of like Big Brother, but abandoned on an island. Yeah, but I think it was even before Big Brother. This show, like you know, oh, like wow. it was maybe preceded only by the MTV shows. And the whole concept was people are abandoned on the island, and then and then I remember being so intrigued and so so excited, and I started watching it, and it was the most fucking boring show I've ever seen in my mm. entire fucking life. It was so fucking boring it was just cunts building huts and then like arguing over (laughs) rice it was so boring and then like maybe six months later channel nine came along and they were like hey here's the exact same concept but americans have done it and it's like oh just do games what's all this silly business about actually trying to survive just play games the the first like i would say 10 seasons of survivor a lot of it is just cunts building huts Mm. cunt huts cunt huts (laughs) the first 10 season is just cunt huts but then it becomes this real like mind game and it shows it just it's a i think genuinely and i mean i don't think it's scripted like the bachelor is and i don't think that it's overly like produced and edited there's never like we're going to show a villain unless that person actually has gone in there and that is their game strategy is to be a villain Mm. um i just think it's a really 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 interesting insight into like an element of human fight or flight i don't know i just find it very interesting but also mindless and still that kind of cunt huts I guarantee you, know, you it's as, like, they're not scripted. This is the thing people don't understand about these shows. I, I, I met a producer once who worked on one of them. And um, season one, what was that show on Stan about reality shows? Unreal? 
Unreal. She was saying season one of Unreal is like exactly what it is. So it's they, they don't write it, but the level of manipulation and the level of like trickery and um, pretend the producers pretending to be friends. Mm. Um, I reckon Survivor is like that, but it's just not as hard because they're hungry. They're like, Have I'll you give s- you a biscuit if you go punch <laughs> that cunt. <laughs> <laughs> Have you ever seen X on the beach? Uh, no, no. Okay. So I, if, if, if our, our listeners or listener hasn't picked up yet, I love trashy reality television, mm-hmm. but good we did trashy reality. Re- we did a whole fucking 20-part yeah. so podcast talking, I'm about not, it, Mish. Yeah. I'm not talking maths. I'm not talking batch. I'm talking like Jersey Shore, yeah, right. that kind of shit. But there is this other this other one called X on the Beach, which is on Stan, mm. um, which is it's just next Stan. level. It's just sorry. I've never heard of it. It's on. It's on another streaming service. The only streaming service I know of is Netflix. You're allowed to talk about Stan, but I'm not. Yeah, that's fine. Uh, Well, there's this streaming service on uh, streaming service. There's this show on Stan called Mm. X on the Beach. It's a British show. They also did an American version of it, and I wouldn't say it's scripted. Like they're not given scripts and they have to say certain things. But everyone who goes on it knows that in order to get famous, which is what they're wanting, they have to be a certain way, and it's not as interesting. It's a bit. It's boring. Survivor, however, which you can watch on Ten Play. Can you talk about Ten Play? No, never heard of it. Okay, so there's this other thing called Ten Play. Nah. Not as good as Netflix. Yeah. It's not as good as Netflix. Yeah. But there's this thing called Ten Play. Yeah. And you can watch oh. every single season of Survivor. And God, I wish I'd heard about that before we went into stage four lockdown. Zachary Ruane. Don't worry, I, I definitely watched a lot of the block on Nine's equivalent. Um, whatever Nine's equivalent of Ten Play is. I watched I watched I watched a whole chunk of season one of the block. Now, really? I think we have a few international listeners, so I'm sorry, but The Block is a show, uh, it's like The Hot House, basically, <laughs> basically, um, basically the way The Block works is um, couples get given a rundown apartment and they have to renovate it, um, and then that apartment is auctioned at the end of the season. And yep. then if they get anything over the reserve, which is set by the producers, <laughs> they get to keep that. Um, it's it's basically free labour with a uh, – it's basically a renovation company with a, um, a renovation developer. It's a developer that offsets its costs through a reality show. That's I'm pretty convinced on that. But yeah. season didn't one – oh, sorry, go. Didn't this just for our international listeners. This show is so popular in Australia that the host of this show won the Gold Logie, which is kind of. <laughs> I love it. Hey guys, if you're an international listener, <laughs> I'm going to give you some context by talking about Australia's. By talking no, about no, I was about to say of. it's like the equivalent of an Emmy. If the Emmy, no, it's um, uh, the, the, the Audience Choice Award. It's like the equivalent of the Audience Choice People's Award. Choice. People's, People's Choice, Choice Award. If we didn't have an Emmy, so if there was a vacuum <laughs> created by a lack of Emmys um, that the People's Choice Award took, that's what the Logies is in Australia. We needed Emmys. It's mm. called the Actors, but for some reason they never quite. Um, yeah. They never quite took the place and uh and um and the 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 logies is that and he did win a gold logie didn't he yes he did scott cam that's he was how a popular laborer. this show is would this surprise you zach if mm. i told you that i've never watched an episode of the block no because like it doesn't surprise me because there's a billion reality shows i recommend you watch the block i think you would like it a lot it's it's mm. um it's pretty funny and and it's it's <laughs> the levels to which they can do. Basically, it's the most overt in its producer manipulation. You know how reality shows we were just talking. It's always about producers manipulating. The Bachelor is like, hey, you should go on a date with this person, and they're like, okay, and hey, you should do that. Yeah. Um, they're like the bloody royal family with Charles and Camilla. <laughs> Little crown. <laughs> um, but with the block, it's so funny because they have. Because it's a real work site and it's a real, um, it's a real uh, renovation, they have um, a person, I can't remember the name of them, but the, the person that makes sure everything's legal, the person that makes sure everything is, like, done to, to standards, okay. that person is, is just... Is that a procurement manager? 
No, Mish, it's not a procurement manager. It's, okay. It's like that. It's like a, a foreman. They have a foreman. Oh, all right. Thank you. Right. Um, we can, let's talk about procurement managers in the next Please podcast. No. <laughs> um, it's a foreman. But basically what happened is I think early days they realised there, there was dramas around like, you know, someone coming to the foreman and going, hey, we want to put a pool in, and the foreman going, look, you, you can't do that without steel reinforcement. So by like maybe season five, the foreman just like is like will just come in and be like, no, that roof is not up to code. Tear it all down a day before judging. And it's like, <laughs> and it's amazing because sometimes they have professional developers and like like professional renovators or like people that renovate as a career on the show as competitors, and they're just like that that roof is up to code and they play it as drama and they play it as their big arrogant. It's like, no, I think I think they just make them tear down walls sometimes for That's the drama. That's so funny. It's so good. And they'll often go like, I remember like uh, there was one season where everyone was getting along really, 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 really well and it, and I enjoyed it. I don't like the drama. I just like seeing people build nice things and do nice yeah. things. I like seeing people cook good on MasterChef or, and – um. And they were all getting along, and I, I actually really liked it. I was like, this is a good season. And then there was this couple, it wasn't even, they were like, oh, hey, we just realised. Season one? No, this is like later seasons. Um, I realised that season one is too much of a deep dive. I'm not going to go there, this podcast. This is like more recent. Hey, maybe we should do a podcast dedicated to watching the episodes of The Block Season 1. What a stupid idea. (laughs) (laughs) The Block Season 1, it would be worth it. It's pretty amazing. All Um, right. But, no, so they they basically, they have these, there's this wall up and um, this couple has this idea. They're like, hey, I don't think this wall is load-bearing. If we knock it down, we get a view of the city. And they go to the foreman and they're like, can we knock down this wall? And the foreman's like, let me get back to you. And he comes back and he says, you can, but in order to build it, he's like, you can either knock down the wall and get the view all for yourself or because of load-bearing reasons, you can share a bit of the view with your neighbour. Either you each knock down half a wall or you knock down the whole wall and it's your choice. <laughs> She's oh said God. no foreman ever. And then, the, then they hate each other. Then they all hate That's each other. That's so good. And it's just like, what? how is this? And people believe it. And then they get on Twitter and they're like, that person's a cunt and should burn in hell. And it's just like, oh, let's lay off the, like hating on any competitor and on, on a reality show, guys. That's so funny. Shall we talk That's about so the funny. movie in question, Mish? Yeah, absolutely. Let's do it. Let's do it. Um, we should make this a cold open and then we should go into music here, I've just decided. That just felt like, should we talk about the movie? Because it's time to get our Leguizamo on. And they're like... <laughs> Is that a challenge for Tom? No. No, no, yeah, no. no, that's not a challenge for Tom. Listeners, just imagine right now that there's this kind of music. So yeah, like let's. Uh, so, Mish, do you want to talk about the movie? <laughs> yes, Zach. Yes, I do. Well, let's get our Leguizamo on. Oh, I really thought then like clips from old old episode. Oh, I really thought this was a great film starring John Leguizamo. Da 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 da. I give this four and a half Leguizamo. Da 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 da. This week's Leguizamo Rama is anyway. Um, <laughs> so. <clears throat> The Babysitters is a 2007 independent drama film starring John Leguizamo, Catherine Waterston and Miranda from Sex and the City. The film, which exists on a shadowy line dividing serious comedy from distasteful exploitation, to quote New York Times critic Stephen Holden, tells the story of Shirley, a 17-year-old girl who turns her babysitting service into a call girl service for married men after fooling around with one of her customers, 17. John plays Michael, a sad and frustrated middle-aged man whose relationship with Shirley sets off the dark, complex and, frankly, quite icky plot of the babysitters. Um... That How was that? Pretty, that was very good. 
Can I? Can um, I? Can I now read? Oh, sorry. What were you going to say? Yeah, I was about to say. Can uh, you say what the Google? Yeah. 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 Yep. 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 So this is probably only funny to those who have watched it, but basically the film is very exploitative. It's very uh, sexually charged. It, it exists on a on a complex line between between judging the male gaze and very much engaging mm. in the male gaze. It's 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 a tough one that neither of us are smart enough to explore. But the film is is about sex. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm just going to read this description. <laughs> I don't know if I should give context if you haven't. I think I will. Basically, there's a scene that is really full on, really, really full on, uh, where, where they first, um, where the father, John's, the John character and this 17-year-old girl uh, start uh, kissing and then it cuts away and they're sitting in a car um, and there's implications that, that some really full-on stuff has happened and then he, out of guilt and disgust and in an attempt to keep it a secret, he tips her. He gives her a really, really big tip. It's a really confronting scene. Um, so we should give trigger warnings and all of that about this movie, but um, really confronting scene and and... This is particularly in this description where I say maybe this person didn't get the film. Okay. <laughs> 17-year-old Shirley, Catherine Waterston, is a good student who works as a babysitter in order to make money for college. One night, Michael, a father Shirley works for, confesses he's unhappy with married life. Shirley has a crush on Michael and seizes this moment to kiss him. Michael is so happy he presents Shirley with a big tip, which gives her an idea. Shirley plans to make extra money by setting up her teenage friends with other unhappy fathers. Oh, my God. <laughs> like, oh, my God. Imagine reading that description. That like, isn't going to have an impact on people as heavy as it would if you haven't seen the film. Like, that's, that is a very... Someone didn't get it. <laughs> oh, my God. Like, um, they didn't get it on any level. Like, there's no level. There's, like, not even a, like, oh, you got it wrong. It's like, you, what movie were you, what, what moral universe were you watching this movie that's through? That's absolutely insane. How funny um, is that? Before we launch into talking about things relating to this film, I will say this, Zach touched on it before, that neither him nor I really have the experience or the brain capacity to uh, kind of go into a lot of detail with some of the things that were wrong with this film or, or the themes of this film. Um, so if for whatever reason those blurbs have made you want to watch it, go ahead. But there are some things that Zach and I probably aren't equipped to well, talk do, about. Do you know what? Uh, what I'll say is it's we, we, um, we watched the film about three weeks ago yeah. and then uh, and we were going to get Naomi on to talk about it, Naomi Higgins, and it was going to be a grand old time. I think Mish was like, oh, sexy thriller from the poster th- from the trailer. Hold on. Yes, that's from the trailer I thought it was a sexy yeah. thriller. Like I would like a- to confirm that. After watching it, can confirm not a sexy thriller. No, no. You, were, the, I think you were picking. If you watch the, if you watch the trailer, you think it is. You think it's going to be it, like a cruel intentions kind of deal. Yes, like a high school like thriller kind of. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I think, and then we were like, oh gosh, how do we tackle this? Because there's there's films in in like. Like, uh, John Leguizamo is a complex artist. He's been working for a very long time. Um, admittedly, I think we, we were just launching this as a comedy podcast. And then as we started looking through his works, we were like, okay, there's actually going to be some interesting films and interesting discussions. And there's going to be some tough areas for us. Um, Mm. and, and we're like kind of putting some of that off until we've found our rapport, found the tone, found the audience. Um, Mm. and then this one kind of snuck up on us. It was earlier than I think we were ready for. And then we were like, okay, well, let's just leave it. Um, I actually reached out to, I have a lot of friends who studied film, work in film. And I reached out to some of those friends and said, do you know, like, film theorists, film critics. I was like, do you know anyone that, that, that is like, like feminist film theorists or academics? And I, you know, this, this friend, she hooked me up with like people like sent me links to their different Twitters and, and was like, I can put you in touch with these people. And we're like, let's kind of just wait on this Mm. and let's dive in. Let's get someone on that's smarter than us. 
Let's mm-hmm. get someone on that is able to unpack this movie in a way that's not just like, oh, I thought it was gross or I thought it was good, but is actually able to go, hey, this is where film was in 2007. These are the themes. This is mm-hmm. what, what, what worked or this is how it's reflective of something bigger. And then we'd just be like, on the side. It was a really interesting, exciting concept. And then two days ago, Mish called me and said, hey, do you want to watch the movie we're going to watch? And I said, nah, I can't be fucked. And then we were like, do you want to just do babysitters and talk about high school? And she was like, yeah. So, <laughs> so through through sheer laziness and... Uh, oh, God. Um, I think, it, yeah, like Zach said, I think it is very, very important to know that when we started this podcast, we planned on having a bit of a laugh and it was going to be a comedy podcast. And there are themes in this movie that we just can't joke about. Like it's not possible for us to be able to and or, and or unpack completely to, to the level in which the themes kind of deserve to be unpacked. Can I, what Mish, I, can I just say like to the audience? <laughs> yes. No, just genuinely to the audience. Hmm. I'm curious if you'd be interested in us getting people smarter than us on the podcast. Like, I'm curious to know, like, what people get out of this podcast. You know, I, I kind of like the idea of from one pop pastor to film theory. I'm kind of very on board with that. Oh, yeah, I'm that. all for that. I'm like, all for that. Yeah, but I would love to know from you as a listener, uh, please mm-hmm. do let us know um, if you're interested in that. Do you, When we hit things that are tackling issues that are bigger than our little brains can handle, would you be open to us getting smarter people than us or people with more lived experience than us on to talk about the heavy stuff and maybe we'll be funny before and after? Is that something you want out of this podcast? We'd love to know either way. Um, I feel we'd be really like curious be, to know. Um, I will say this nice word to put to it would be evocative. Mm. Like I, think that was, I think that was its intention was to be evocative. Or provocative. Or provocative, provocative, evocative, the same shit. Evocative um, of provocative themes. Yes, I'm sure. It's occative. <laughs> All the occatives. All the occatives. All the occatives. You got an occative? Chuck it in this film. But I will say, personally, as someone who watched this movie, um, I think they missed the mark, and often it was just a bit gross. That's my opinion. Yeah, I'm not saying that it wasn't shot beautifully, that the acting wasn't amazing. But I just feel like sometimes they missed the mark and I missed the point sometimes that they were trying to make when featuring these themes in this film. It's why I wanted to get, like, a a feminist theorist on, you know, someone who could come in and talk from a proper, proper, proper place about the male gaze and Mm. about... Um, text versus subtext. I think the film was saying one thing with its script yep. some, sometimes and then other times like with the camera saying something completely mm. different with the costume, with the casting, with the with the angles saying a completely different yeah. thing and, and that, um, that was very uh, interesting and um, uh, like worth talking about but also just like not Mm. Not for Zaki to unpacky when Zaki is tired <laughs> from his promo to uh, on his Netflix show. And I will say this as well: uh, Zaki um, is Zach unpacking. <laughs> Sorry, you keeping it? I'm trying to pick it back up, but you go. You go. Um, no, we'll get there. We'll get there. I just, I think, I would like to say this. Mm. Um, I think that was very interesting when Zach and I started our first podcast together, which was Recaps with Mission Zach, and we thought it would be really funny to set it in 2009 because that's when. Mm the first season of MasterChef was aired and we're like, oh, that's a very funny joke. And it wasn't until a couple of episodes in that we realised that some of the things uh, that were said and that happened in 2009, which was before the third wave of feminism. Fourth, um, I think. Fourth wave? Oh, I don't know. One of the waves. Very One of the waves. Wave. One of the Good important wave. waves. Wave. Um, before one of the important this waves. This is exactly why feminism. we shouldn't be talking about this. We no, don't no, 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 no. I've got a point. I have a point. <laughs> no, 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 um, no, I'm, no. That's just a general thing, yeah. Um, that we were like, oh, God, how are we supposed to tackle mm. some of the stuff that's said then because, and it, basically what I'm trying to say is this movie was made in 2007, which was only two years before MasterChef Australia's season one was released. Yep. What a fact. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, but it was it was similar. It was similarly shocking as someone in 2020 watching what back in 2007 was probably viewed incredibly differently. 
Yeah, yeah, it was totally. Only Thirteen years ago. That's that's sort of like what I what I'm keen to do with some other films is like the context of the time. I think we think 2007 wasn't that long ago, but having done now the MasterChef podcast and yeah. watched a few films, 2007 was a long time ago in terms of social mores, in terms of ideas. I mean, I was making comedy in 2012 and I can say the sketches we wrote then that mm. we would never do now in terms mm. of where you think you can go so long as you pull it back at the end, so long as you get, like, this, there was this notion then, I think, of if you, if you made it all work at the end, if you made your point at the end, you could go anywhere, which yeah. now I think there's much more of a constant questioning of, all right, but what's the intent behind all of it? What's the intent behind mm. that shot? What's the intent behind that T-shirt that you've got the character wearing? There's a questioning of the entire sort of... yeah. Thing And I think that's good. I think that's really interesting. But I think how to view something from then now, it's just, it's a little easy to go, oh, oh, gross, oh, different, oh, it's like, but, but then you read reviews and you're like, no, that was the perception of it then as well. Mm. But it's like, it's just, it, you know, it's just interesting. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Yeah. What what else was very interesting though and watching me pick this back up was how amazing it was that high school girls were perceived in this film in terms of how they dressed and what their bedrooms looked like. <laughs> How's that for a pickup? Because one of the things that I found very interesting in this is that the central character, the central female character uh, is, is her name Shirley? I believe yeah. her name is Shirley, yeah. Um, she's 17, but she has the bedroom of an eight-year-old. Oh, God. It was <laughs> fucked. There was, like, frilly shit. Like, and I just, it was, this, this movie was written by a man. The screenplay was written by a man, clearly. But when I was 17, mm-hmm. I thought I was in Girl Interrupted. <laughs> yeah. Like, I thought, yep, despite the fact, can I just say I was nothing like any of the women in Girl Interrupted. You've got, I lived a you've very, got very nice major life. Angelina vibes. Yeah, I do. I felt more like Winona, but that's yeah. fine. I'm sorry, um, babe, but you're all you're all Angelina. I'm not going to complain about that. <laughs> that would be great. Um, I remember once. Oh, this is so funny. I would have been. I was at uni, so mm. I was back in Ballarat days, so 2010 to 2012, and a guy at a supermarket hit on me. And the way he hit on me was telling me that I looked like Jessica Alba. Oh. Beg your pardon. <laughs> no, just like what a line. That, yeah, what a line. But that was what it was. I was like, oh, my God, thank you. <laughs> but I knew that that was like, I was like, no, I don't. Can I say my, there's something that I'm obsessed with at the moment that, you know, when you have a thing that you're like, that's funny, like that's, that's really, really, really funny. And I don't know how to put that in a sketch or put that in a play. I don't know how to like convey what I find so funny about it. Mm. But a thing I've been obsessed with over the last six months is when interesting looking people Mm. that are hot, like when people make it in Hollywood that are funny looking, but it all kind there's an alchemy to it that they're hot. Adam Driver is a great example. Mish Wittrup. Mish Wittrup is a fantastic example. Yeah. But you know, like there's Mick, like no the original Mick Jagger. Mick Jagger. Um, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Mick Jagger, David Bowie, um, Adam Driver. Uh, um, those sorts of. Uh, it doesn't quite uh, connect, but it works. Yeah. Like I have, I have, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it's, it's safer to, but yeah, anyway. So there's these, 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 <laughs> these celebrities that, that are funny looking, but they're so fit. They're so beautiful. They have the right teams behind them and it just clicks that they are beautiful. Yeah. When some, the cut, the entire cast of Harry Potter have a bit of this. When someone then has a crush on them, 
they're their celebrity crush, right? Mm-hmm. They then meet someone at a bar and start dating someone based on the fact they look like the celebrity they have a crush on. Yes. But they do- that person doesn't have the Hollywood team, doesn't have the ripper physique, and yes. is just the fucked-looking element of the celebrity. <laughs> Oh God! There's just a lot of there's just a lot of ugly cunts that look like Adam Driver that are batting way out of their league because they look a bit like Adam Driver right now. That's very funny. <laughs> oh, that's very funny. Yeah, it's just nom 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 nom. I love it. There's there's a few uh, Ryan Gosling's even. You know, Ryan that's Gosling true. is a bit of a funny looking guy. The, yeah, the, if if you're if you're out there right now and you look like Jason Momoa. You've mm. always been attractive to certain people. Like yeah. you just know you were gifted and you're, you're buff and there's always going to, you're going to turn heads no matter where you go because you're so attractive. Mm. Men who look like Adam Driver, when Adam Driver started to rise to fame, say around girls, when girls was released, they must've just been like, Oh my God. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> I'm, oh, oh, oh my God. Now's my moment. <laughs> Now is my fucking moment. That's oh, so funny. Oh, yes, yes, this is But there's perfect. also that element of, like, if there's a group of people, so a cast or a sketch comedy group or something like that, doesn't matter what the people in it look like, they have to, they have to find a hot one. Like, and so whoever that hot one ends up being, like, then there's going to be, like a, like, a whole wave of people that look like them that are going to all of a sudden become very, very attractive. It, I can't think of a perfect example of something like a sketch comedy group where that would happen. There's a, no, but, well, when you're in a group, I, I will say um, I was single when I started in Auntie Donna um, and very much not anymore. Um, but I remember thinking to myself, like, God, I hope I'm big enough one day. I hope this group gets big enough one day that people mm. will find me attractive just to be contrary in conversation. Yeah. That was my goal was to be like, well, actually, um, I kind of have the hots for Zach. And it's like just by virtue of but didn't get big fast enough. So, oh, That's well. That's very funny. <laughs> anyway, um, um, her, uh, my point was. Oh, that- you had a point? Yeah, I had a point. <laughs> When you write for a 17-year-old girl, probably speak to some 17-year-old girls because the way this bedroom looked was like that of an eight-year-old, but even then like an eight-year-old with a very specific unicorn thing. (laughs) Like, you know, know those kids, that's a thing. Like when you're a kid, like when you're eight, there's always like a theme that you love Mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. that thing for unicorns, like... I want unicorn cakes and unicorn hair. When did unicorns become big? Because when I was younger, unicorns weren't a fucking thing. Unicorns were those weird holographic images that were sometimes on the back of cars of hippies. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. No, I That's feel what, like I that get was it. my I get exposure it with to unicorns. unicorns. It's like if you like horses. For me personally, that's why I liked Pegasuses. Why like would you like Pegasus. a horse if you could like a unicorn? Yeah. Like, like, why would you be so into horses if unicorns exist? Like, yeah, exactly. It's like, oh, hey, you think unicorn, you think horses are cool. What about one with a horn? Mm. Actually, unicorns are fucked. Give me a Pegasus any day. You think Love Adam Driver's hot? What about Jason Momoa? <laughs> it's the same fucking thing. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, it's very interesting. It's very like, I think both of us said this about this film. Both of us said, um, uh, I would love to see this film remade with a female writer director. And I yeah. say that not like as like um not in any sort of like oh, like legitimately I was like these themes, these ideas, these mm. relationships, this like complexity of um even though someone's making decisions, the structures are around them elite are uh, are, st- are leading they think they're making the decisions but it's actually other people. There's so much mm. So many complex, interesting ideas that, as a male person, I couldn't, I couldn't tackle it. I couldn't. Yeah. But I would be fascinated to see this story uh, uh, written and directed by a, by oh, a woman. One hundred percent. Chuck a Phoebe Waller-Bridge in there or something. Oh my goodness. Yeah. There's a um. There's a there's a. Uh, Phoebe Phoebe Waller-Bridge is a great example. She's 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 fantastic. I'm so sad. With lockdown, I'm so sad about uh, 
the whole um, the Bond movie not coming out. Yeah, I know. Because did you hear? No, did, but it'll, I think, it'll we, come out eventually. Yeah, yeah. Well, but did you hear about her? Did I? I think I've said this on this podcast. You have about her quote. Yep. And if you want to know what that quote was, you have to go back and listen to them. That's You've got good. to go find Zach, it. You've got to go Zach, find what, it. What I've just done there yeah. is ensure that other pe- people are going to listen to other episodes. They're not. They're not. They might. They might. They're not. They might really want to know. You know what I mean? <laughs> By the way, whoever made Tenant, who made Tenant? I haven't seen it yet. Don't give it all. Neither have I. I haven't seen it either. But whoever made that must be so happy because that is the movie everyone is seeing after lockdown. Whether you, No matter what... Yeah. Country you're in, if you have access to a cinema, obviously, that's the movie everyone's going. Everyone's so excited to see Tenant. Whereas I think if this pandemic never happened, I don't know how excited people would be for Tenant. Ah, oh, Mish, the nerds are uh, coming for you. That's all right. You've just upset the thirty year old white men. That's they're, fine. I've they're got, coming I have, for you, Zach. It's fine. I have very large breasts. <laughs> I've got like it kind of. <laughs> it's fine. They can get mad at me, but then they see me they're like, oh, but tits, eh? <laughs> Actually, I think you'll find that that was uh, Christopher Nolan. And actually, I think you find it was tracking to make. But also, what size tits are you? (laughs) Uh, But I'd love to take you out for a drink to maybe explain um, how the film is not as successful as Warner Brothers thought it would be and they won't recoup their costs at the pace they they had anticipated. I would love to take you out for a drink and explain these things at you. That, that really does go over my head. That Christopher Nolan shit, it does. It goes completely over my head. Oh, I don't, we love him. I'm personally, we love I'm, him. He's our hero. <laughs> oh, okay. Sorry. He's our hero. No, it's very funny. It's does very... He ever, has he ever written a sexy thriller? Directed a sexy thriller? Oh, Memento's kind of sexy in a very oh, sexless way. Oh, is that way. him? Yeah. yeah oh, yeah, cool. Yeah. <laughs> And, like, he did the Batman trilogy. He did the Dark Knight trilogy. That's oh, why people... Oh, okay. So um, I love Batman, 80s Batman. Yeah. I like Michael Keaton back yeah, great. Batman. And since Michael Keaton, I saw the Val Kilmer one and went, this stuff, this is shit as. Have you, know you I mean? seen the George Clooney one? Yes, I have. I... I haven't... I, I basically stopped watching after Batman and Robin... And controversial opinion, I kind of liked Batman and Robin because it was so trash. I think that Batman and Robin is long, 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 long overdue its reappraisal as a camp classic. Mm. Batman and Robin is just awesome. It's an awesome film and it's like... It's a person that's literally just going, fuck you. Like the execs were like, hey, we want to make ice skating Batman and Robin toys. And he's gone, okay, just so long as I can make this the most homoerotic oh, S&M 100%. like fucked film ever. And they're like, yeah, yeah, so long as you get our toys in there. And that like handshake deal, it's yeah. a great film. and it, it, deserves deserves. To be, it deserves to be on the same level as Showgirls. Yes, yeah, 100%. 100%. 100%. Fuck, I wish, and Robert. do you know, I wish nothing more in the world. Yeah. Nothing more in the world. I'm not, like, forget a vaccine that's 100% effective. Forget okay, that. Okay, that's, that's a little privileged. But go on. <laughs> Hold on. Firstly, I would just like to remind everyone that I'm doing comedy right now. I think I that's I very important. I don't care important. for satire. You're cancelled. Oh, for God's sake, all I'm trying to say is no, I playing. wish John Leguizamo was in Showgirls. I wish it so bad so that I could talk about it. He's and not maybe done... it's something, maybe, Zach, if one day we have a Patreon we, where we review yeah. wonderful shit films. Mm. Oh, that's a good idea because then we could talk about Showgirls and Batman and Robin. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, think... that's a very good idea. No one take it. Zach, we have to, we have to stop this. How do we do it? We that's just, such a good idea. How do we stop it? We've got to be first to market. Uh, are you talking about, like, wait, so, I'm sorry. Actually, I'm so sorry. I was only half listening. Are you talking about a podcast, a nerdy, funny podcast about bad, good films? Yes. Oh, Mish. I recommend you just check out the podcast app. Oh, Okay. <laughs> All I'm saying is I would really love to one day sit down and have a chat with you about Showgirls. We can do it off Zoom. Like, we don't have to do it on a pod. Yeah, we can find, like, tenuous links. Maybe we start going, like, um, 
Uh, well, you know, no, there's been so many about the works of Paul Verhoeven. I think we just watch it one day. Why don't we just yeah. watch it one day and catch up and talk yeah. about it? Why yeah, I reckon that's probably a good idea. And then yeah, get that's... some microphones and everyone can have a listen. Mm. Um, there's something else I'd like to talk about. Mm-hmm. Um, high school. <laughs> Because, because, uh, we, we, we've like, uh, can I just say, we were like, oh, let's not talk about the film. It's too too much, too complex. Jesus Christ, Mish, Mish and Zach, we've learned how to tiptoe because we've done a how podcast. How did we end up, yeah, that's true, but how did we end up talking about Batman and Robin? That's not about the film. And there are some people that genuinely, it's so nice. They don't mm. criticise us when we do a shit job of talking about the film, but boy, do they praise us when we do a good job, <laughs> which means, do you know what I mean? No one's like going... That last episode fucking sucked because mm. neither of you spoke about the project once. Yeah. Um, all you did was talk about Dr. Phil and Survivor. Yeah. But fuck, man, when we stay on topic, they're like, well done. <laughs> but I think we kind you of covered some job. stuff. Yeah we, got, like, yeah, we got a little derailed with the Batman and Robin stuff, but, um, you know, Can we, we, we had an I, interesting would, conversation about the male gaze, I think. I would like very much to talk with you about high school crushes. Very okay, quickly. great. Yeah, for sure. Um, because I think that kind of links back to this movie. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I just want, I think that um, what this movie did evoke among a lot of other fucking feelings, but um, one of them was that capturing of like how girls talked about sex and crushes and stuff like that in high school. And they got to it a little bit, like there was an element of it, but um, that you think you know more than you do concept and mm. that idea of like an even on like a shallower level that idea of i can't believe that um i found the love of my life at the age of 15 and it's like no you didn't bitch like <laughs> i remember very clearly i had a crush on this boy yeah. we're now friends which is a very that's another that's a story for another time yeah, love but that. um i had a crush on a boy in high school. So I went to an all-girl private school. Everyone knows this. So basically anytime someone with a penis looked at me, I was in love with them because I didn't, yeah, yeah. I didn't know any better. But there was a boy who paid me marginal amounts of attention and I was in love with him. Mm-hmm. I was absolutely in love with him. And it got back to him that I had a crush on him because I told a girl who told her boyfriend who told him. Anyway, it got back to him, but then it somehow got back to me, not not by him, but he told a friend who told a friend who told my friend who told me that he also had a crush on me too. <gasps> and I was, how old was I? I was 16. And then we went to a house party. We went to my friend's 16th birthday at a community hall. Great. And we kissed down the side of the community hall. Wow. And we kissed with tongues down the side of the community hall. And I remember my mum picking me up at 11.30 that night and driving home and then getting into bed. And I remember very clearly thinking, oh, my God, I can't believe I'm one of those people. I cannot believe I'm one of those people who has found the love of her life at 16 years old. I have a very clear memory of lying there being like, I can't believe it. Like there's such a a small percentage of people that find – their high school sweetheart and they then get married and have the babies and own the property and get the farm and that kind of thing. And I genuinely was like, I'm one of those people. Then two months later, he dumped me on a trampoline. (laughs) But, and I was crushed, but just that mentality. And like, I was just like, I'm never going to know love again. And that fucked me. It fucked me for a good few years, actually, that whole experience. But I, I just thought that it was just such a lovely thing to think back on and be like, oh, poor baby Mish. That's a great story. Do I know the Yours, person? Uh, not. You might have heard me mention them. But it's but not no. like someone in my circle, in our oh, circle. Oh, no, 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 no. no. Not, like, then we didn't speak. We didn't, like, I had a crush on him for the rest of high school mm. all the way up until the end of year 12 and then into the first year of uni. But we didn't actually see each other again from the age of 18 to 29. Wow. And then at 29 years old, he saw me in a little Auntie Donna sketch, sent me a DM and was like, is this you? And I said, yes, it is. And he's like, holy shit. Then we got to talking. We went for a coffee, a purely platonic coffee, and now we're kind of friends. That's amazing. That's lovely. Yeah. That's great. 
Yeah, it is nice. But and also that was a really amazing experience because it completely humanized him because for the rest of up until 29 years old, he was the first love of my life. And then when I met him, I'm like, "Oh, you're just a bloke, eh?" It's amazing. <laughs> I remember I remember being like madly, madly, madly in love with someone kind of a little too old to be having crushes, but it was like maybe early 20s and then it was just it was just something happened where we like caught up, we were doing something, like I became friends with them. And I, I was, and I just, I think we like were eating food. Like we were just caught up for coffee or caught up for some food or something. And I just had this moment where I like looked over and I was just talking about interests or something. And we just had nothing, no shared interests. And I was just like, oh, what, what was I like I was just projecting shit yeah. onto you. Like, oh, 100%. Like, like you are not who I thought. Like just just this like normal person who is lovely and I I considered like a good friend and I was just like I was just like putting everything on you. Like everything mm. I think when I think about that person was about me then, not about them. Oh, 100%. 100%. I couldn't agree more. How many Leguizamos um, do you give this film? Oh, what? Okay. <laughs> I'm joking. Um, no, go, go, go. You, what were you going to no, say? No, no, no. That so was sorry. all I just, I just think that it's such an interesting thing to think back on uh, who I liked and why I liked them back in high school because I, and I've always been this way, I fall in love all the time yeah, or I think I do constantly. Like I'm constantly falling in love with somebody. Um and it's just so funny to think back to the headspace in high school, um, thinking that when that boy broke up with me after dating him for three months or however long it was, that I didn't think that anyone knew a pain like that. <laughs> it's, just, it's just very interesting. Anyway, Leguizamo's scores. Uh, Leguizamo's. I, I, wanna, I actually want to, um, when you said all that, it was there's a, um, there's a quote from... Um, uh, what's his, uh, the Chelsea Hotel number two, Leonard Cohen. There's mm-hmm. a beautiful, beautiful quote from him from one of his poems that reminds me of that. It's about like people that are just, uh, um, people are like that are just in love with, um, the idea of a person. Just that just people fall in love all the time. And I was trying to just Google it because I wanted to get it right, but I think it's something along the lines of, I, I curse the angel that bit me on the thigh that made me fall in love with every woman passing by. Oh, God, that's nice, isn't, isn't it? Isn't that good? Yeah. <laughs> it's just like I think that's because I'm that. I'm, I'm a real, mm. like, fiend for that. I just fall in love all the time. And it's oh, like, constantly. Um, well, fell in love all the time back when I was a, a, a wee thing. Now I'm, just a, now I'm just a hollow shell making comedy oh, for the masses. When <laughs> I was younger, like when I was in my, my early 20s, particularly my early 20s, anyone who I thought would hug me when I asked for it, I fell in love with them. You know what I mean? Like if, if, uh, if someone that stimulated me on any kind of intellectual level hugged me for longer than three seconds, Mm. I was just like, Oh my God, like that's all I need. And it isn't until you actually find something it, that's true. Nice. Like, and then you, all of a sudden you can look back and you're like, oh, I get it now. Like I understand now why people kept saying that's not a healthy way to get into a relationship, Michelle. Well, it's that thing, isn't it? Like I think we think of like unrequited love is, oh, fuck, this is, we're getting too deep, Mish. We're gonna pull, <laughs> um, we said we'd make this a tight one. But like unrequited Zach, we are love. In, 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 a, in less than 60 seconds, we're going to be doing something called giving our leg was star <laughs> We're fine. We're allowed to say what unrequited love is for us. No, Because I in a few that. moments, in a few moments, we'll probably be talking about titties and farting. I just, so I just got to get to the shops. That's why <laughs> I just told myself I'd be at the shops by now. Um, oh, I'm no, so sorry. No, no, no this is my fault. Because um, I, I think there's a thing. I, I think the thing I always, I realised it in around my mid-20s that people think of love as a thing you do. It's almost like an emotion and maybe it is an emotion, but I think love is actually a shared thing. It's a thing between two people. It's mm-hmm. an energy between two people. So to call the feelings we have for someone who doesn't have that feeling back unrequited love, I think is the wrong word. 
Okay. Because it's obsession, it's like it's it's other things, but if it's not a shared experience, then I don't think it's love. I think love is a connection. It's not a feeling. Ooh, Zach. That's just a thing I think I wish someone had told me when I was 19 years old. Like if they Oh, well then in that case, I've been obsessed with so many men. <laughs> if that's the case, I've, I've been obsessed with a, a good dozen. <laughs> yeah, and it's also like there's that... That thing, I don't know how true it is, but isn't there that notion that, like, the ancient Greeks had, like, 20 words for love or 14 Mm -hmm. words for love and this notion that because we have one word and that Mm -hmm. word is meant to encapsulate so much, we tend to kind of struggle around the concept because Mm -hmm. we have this one word and it's like I have intense, deep feelings for this person, but maybe that's not, like... Maybe that is love, but it's not yeah. the sort of love that you build a, an, a 50, 60, 70 year marriage with or de facto yeah. relationship with. It's like, it's just another, it's another kind of love. It's a love that burns really, really brightly, maybe for one night, for one hour, for one minute, but it's not, and that is a kind of love. It's just not the same thing. It's one word for mm. two very different things. Yeah. I don't know. Not the movie no, to like be talking that. around this, these themes. No. With. And that's part of the issue with the movie is it evokes these feelings and it shouldn't. That's a yes. Yes. <laughs> oh, also, I, don't, I think we can say this. You can actually watch this movie on YouTube. Someone's put it up there, the full, full length thing. Yeah. yeah. Um, we, of course, paid for it. Um, well, and you know, I reckon, I reckon, like, like uh, legs is an EP on it, so, mm-hmm. so um, I reckon he's getting back end if you pay for it. So if you want to support the legs, pay for yeah. it. Support the legs. He hasn't done an ice age for a good like six months. <laughs> so he needs it. Um, Maybe support right, so the legs by of- by by watching something he wrote and like one of his mm-hmm. one man shows, and then watch this one. Mm. Anyway, whatever. In terms of Leguistamos, um, so, of course, this is not a star rating for this film because I think I would give it a different score. Um, He is a lead. He is an EP. um, But I will also say it's not my favourite thing I've seen Legs do. It's not my favourite Legs, if that makes sense, like the the kind of role he's taking on. Um, Always love seeing him in a lead, though. Isn't that nice? Mm. Um, But nah, (laughs) just nah, I'm giving it two and a half Legs. Yeah, 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 I think that's a pretty fair score. Um, He's in it heaps. He does a really good job. But what makes me mad about it is I want want legs in a lead Mm. for a film that's, like, all the way there. I want him to have a Lincoln lawyer, and I don't know if he's gotten that film, and that pisses me off. Yes. It actually makes me mad. Well, he's got that one that, um, the one about chess... Well, he wrote and directed that one, absolutely. But I'm talking about, like, I want... A big Hollywood blockbuster. I, yeah, or like a big, like... Born. You want him to have release. a Born. You want him to have a Born trilogy. A Born trilogy. Do you know what? I want him to have a Born trilogy and then I want that Born trilogy to pay for a Lincoln lawyer or a... Mm. Or a, or a some, like, it just pisses me off that Leonardo DiCaprio got the career that Legs should have gotten. Yeah. I want I want Legs to get forty million for a movie because he's the one fucking selling it. I want yes. Legs as the lead in uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Yeah. Thank you very much. Yes, I want Legs to be the lead in a film that could afford and respect a female screen play writer to come in and check it out before it's released. Mm. That'd this movie, nice. I, I, I give this, I give this three and a half legs because he's he's the lead and he does a wonderful job. He actually does a really, really wonderful job, and and I think a lot of the the like the issues that you talk of, Mish, were largely in post. I don't think you know what movie you're going to get until until you watch it, and I think mm-hmm. I think there were certain things that you just you don't know what what the camera is doing. Yeah. Um. So I think he did a wonderful job. I think I give it three and a half stars. The film. Uh, you know, whatever. We'll talk about that another time. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, three and a half legs, not stars. Different star rating, but three and a half legs. Yeah, I um, I love John Leguizamo. How good's John Leguizamo? I really enjoyed that rant you went on. It gave me full stiffy. I was like, that's exactly what I want to, and that's why we're friends. 
Well, that you is want, why we're friends. You want a Hollywood once upon I a time I want him to have his Lincoln lawyer. Yep, I've got full wood for that, Zach. Thank you. Can we – what was our hashtag? Leg, leg – Legvolution. Legvolution. Can can we? You're 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 mostly on our Insta. Can you like push that? Yes. Can you, can we yes, make Legvolution happen? I'm not your yes, boss. Absolutely. We're partners. <laughs> yes, partner. Partner. Yes, partner. partner. Um. Anyway, thanks everyone for listening to this app. Um. I hope you liked it. Chuck us a review. All that good shit. And Zach, really bloody lovely to spend time with you again. Lovely to spend time with you too, Mish. Um. And, and are lovely. we still pushing my Netflix show, by the way? Uh, I don't or know. at this stage, am I already like fame, <laughs> full fame? Um, I, look, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know when when this is coming out. Um, but you know, it's always worth it if you haven't seen Mish's Netflix show, Mish, Mish our Netflix show, Mission Zach's Big Old House of Fun. Mm. Um, if you haven't seen Mish's Big Old House of Fun yet. Um, do watch it because, mm. like, uh, they count the first month, apparently. You know, it's very because, important that people watch in mm, the first month. It's bloody good, if I do say so myself. And in my opinion, episode five is the best. Is that in the um, nighttime episode? Yeah, spooky. Spooky. Yeah, it is. Yeah, that's yeah. my favourite. Yeah, funny because that's the least plot and we thought the plot was the most important thing. Interesting. Nah. 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 All right, anyways. I love you. I'll speak to you later. See you later. See you later, guys. Thanks so much for listening. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.